standard issue for all women. Hello and welcome to this edition of Sunday Chops. It's the second in our series celebrating LGBT History Month and in it I'm talking marriage equality in Northern Ireland but more on that in a bit. If you're interested in the rest of this series, you can find the episode on LGBT women in popular culture in our feed, where comedians Kate McCabe and Deborah Jane Appleby talk about who is writing LGBT characters, how they are written and who is playing them. And next week, we're talking to comedian Rosie Jones about disability and dating and her upcoming Edinburgh show. Spoiler alert, she is an absolute gem. We've also got another chops for you today, which is the rest of the interview I did with author Kate Thompson and the inimitable Mari about life in the East End for women during World War Two. It's both super interesting and completely charming, talking about the old days with people who were actually there who doesn't enjoy that. So back to this chops. As you might well know, marriage equality is sadly still not a reality for people living in Northern Ireland. So I grabbed some time on the phone with one of the people involved in the campaign to change that, Olivia Potter-Hughes from the National Union of Students in Northern Ireland. And while I had the chance, I also asked her about two of the big other issues facing Northern Ireland today, abortion rights and Brexit. Just to clarify the most recent situation on marriage equality before you listen. On February the 1st, in the House of Lords, Lord Hayward's Equal Marriage Amendment was debated and supported by peers from all parties, bar the DUP. No big surprise there. According to the organisation Love Equality, it was, and I quote, tactically withdrawn after the debate, but will be reintroduced at report stage. I don't pretend to completely understand the intricacies behind that decision, but I do know that both Love Equality and Stonewall seem to regard it as a positive move. So there's no reason for us not to feel optimistic too. Until next week. Oh, hey, Birmingham. Get you looking all capital of the Midlands. And we will be in you on March the 24th for a cracking event at the Town Hall as part of Podfest Birmingham, where we're joined by Jess Phillips MP, Beverly Knight and the boss, Sarah Millican. More info and indeed tickets can be found at sarahmillican.co.uk forward slash standard hyphen issue. But you better be sharpish as they are selling damn fast. Hi, I am joined on the phone by Olivia Potter Hughes, who is NUS USI president, which is president of the Student Union in Northern Ireland in short. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. You have been involved in, or you are involved in a campaign to bring marriage equality to Northern Ireland. Could we maybe start by explaining what the current situation is for same-sex couples in the North? Currently in Northern Ireland, marriage equality, whenever it was passed and extended across the rest of the United Kingdom, was never extended here. And as we're a separate legal jurisdiction from the South, so also whenever marriage equality was passed and implemented, in the Republic of Ireland, it also wasn't extended to Northern Ireland. So same-sex couples can avail of a civil partnership, but they cannot get married. And if they are married elsewhere in the UK or Ireland, once you cross the border or you cross over the water, once you get into Northern Ireland, your marriage is effectively downgraded to a civil partnership. That's incredible, really. But then again, not incredible, considering we spend quite a lot of time on the phone to Northern Ireland talking to Alliance for Choice, and it's presumably the same people behind preventing marriage equality that are the people behind preventing free, safe, legal abortions for women in Northern Ireland? Yes and no. 
when you look at public opinion polls and things like the Life and Times survey on those two particular issues, the support for marriage equality is massively overwhelming, whereas when we're talking about reproductive justice, there's more intricacies in that. Some people are in favour of reforming cases of fatal-fetal rape and incest, others are sold to criminalisation, and there's sort of more of a broad spectrum there, especially across different age groups, whereas with marriage equality, overwhelmingly for many, many years now, our surveys of the people have said that everyone is very much in favour of it, for the most part, and when it comes to even our political institutions, on reproductive justice, there's a much broader spectrum. There's a lot of parties with conscience vote policies and no actual stances on abortion rights and reform. Whereas with marriage equality, there's actually a majority in favour within the Stormont Assembly. But unfortunately, whenever our interesting and unique uh, government was set up, there was a structure put in place called the Petition of Concern, which requires... 30 signatures to block legislation from going through and what has happened I think it's been the past two or three times that marriage equality has come up in the Stormont Assembly that petition of concern has been used to block it despite there actually being a majority in favour within the Assembly whereas with abortion reform there are some parties that would consider themselves pro-choice there are others more so that would take a freedom of conscience vote and obviously there are parties that are very very staunchly against both of these issues but there's more of a mixed vibe even though again public opinion polls show that the majority of people are in favour of reform and don't believe that abortion should be criminalised here. 30 people have the power to veto regardless of yeah well, that's a, an interesting structure. Presumably you're being held up by the fact that currently Stormont's not sitting. Yes. So we work in NUSUSI as part of the Love Equality Coalition for Marriage Equality. And the focus of that campaign has been to create a private member's bill for Stormont and to generate ground support to get more people involved to try and lobby our government here to make change. But obviously... We don't have the government at the moment. We'd like to see the petition of concern reformed or done away with or changed in some way. If Stormont is up and running in order to allow marriage equality to come here because there's a duty, I think, of our own government to legislate for the rights of the people that live here. However, given that it doesn't appear that we're going to get Stormont back up and running anytime soon, the focus has shifted down to Westminster because in the absence of the Stormont Assembly, the responsibility, the duty of care, if you like, for the people of Northern Ireland, falls on Westminster's doors. So we're very much focused on working with them. And we've been doing a lot of work with Conor McGuinn, yeah. uh, one of the MPs, and Lord Hayward in the House of Lords. There have been several private members' bills put through both bodies to try and legislate. You might have heard about the legislative change that potentially comes down the line around extending civil partnerships to mixed-sex couples. So that bill will be going through, which will open up civil partnerships to everyone, and the plan is to add on an amendment to that, or a private member's bill, which will also open up all marriage opportunities to same-sex couples. So basically it's equality, which is really the least the least that we would expect. But yeah. um, that is a mechanism potentially by which marriage equality could be extended to Northern Ireland. And also, due to many of the concerns that people have around the autonomy and the sovereignty of Northern Ireland and Stormont and the legislative body here and not wanting to undermine that, particularly in the current makeup of Westminster, there is a, a clause within that bill which gives 
dormant a certain amount of time to get back up and running. I think it's six months. So if dormant comes back within six months, they can act to overturn it if they see fit or make whatever amendments they would to it. So it's not giving them no opportunity if they reform an executive, but I won't hold my breath. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that will go through. But also there's there's been some complications with other private members' bills previously. And I think hopefully that, that clause for Stormont will take away some of the reservations that people have towards trying to make legislative change in Northern Ireland given it's been so long since anyone made any legislative decisions here. Yeah. What's the the mood amongst your campaign? Are, are you optimistic? or? Well, the thing is, um, at any point, Westminster could turn around and legislate on both of the issues that you've mentioned. There's absolutely nothing stopping them from doing that, except for perhaps certain political alliances that are yeah. going on between parties at the moment. But there's no legislative reason that they should prevent equal rights access in Northern Ireland, they could literally do it tomorrow. So it's very frustrating to have these mechanisms and kind of keep pushing at closed doors with this current context used as an excuse. But we are hopeful because fun's a bit cheesy, but where, where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. And um, there are so many people here that want to see this change. There are people who are dedicating their lives to campaigning for this change. And I do think we will see it come. I do think it'll be a shame in a way if it has to come from Westminster because it, it'll be our own executive failing us. But that said, for, for the couple to be able to get married after legislation comes through, it won't matter whether it came from Stormont or whether it came from Westminster because of the massive impact and difference it will make for people's lives. I think it's inevitable that we see marriage equality come to Northern Ireland. It's just a case of when and from where. If marriage equality, as you say, is inevitable, and given the progress that's been made in the South on what I can only call civil rights, Mm -hmm. that it will then be inevitable that abortion rights will come to Northern Ireland. I sincerely hope so. Our current state where people can go to prison for accessing abortion or particularly accessing abortion through pills and are currently going through the courts and being prosecuted on that basis and can be prosecuted for assisting someone. And due to legacy laws from the Troubles, it's actually a criminal offence to be aware that someone has had an illegal abortion and not report it. Um, That's that's been judged to be a violation of human rights, uh, which I don't think is even up for questioning, like it is a violation of human rights, it's an unacceptable standard, and both Stormont and Westminster should be horribly ashamed of themselves for completely abandoning the women and pregnant people in Northern Ireland. I think something does have to give. I just would be concerned that we would see some sort of small reform around fetal fetal rape and incest to placate some of the human rights violations, rather than taking it where it should be to a place of decriminalisation because even if you speak to someone who would consider themselves to be pro-life, there's very, very few people that you will encounter who genuinely believe that people should be prosecuted and criminalised for accessing any kind of reproductive justice. So I think decriminalisation is the right way to go. However, that would also require full decriminalisation across the UK, as technically abortion was never decriminalised anywhere, not just in Northern Ireland. 
it's it's so ridiculous. We, we don't we wouldn't call for an extension of the 1967 Act because why would you want to extend a law which just creates a loophole for another law to not be prosecuted yeah. under the first law instead of just reforming the original law to make abortion no longer a criminal offence? And if that were to happen in the UK, were to change on that, that would kind of leave Northern Ireland in a strange loophole because without a Stormont Assembly. And without abortion being illegal, that would leave us in a, a grey area. No actual abortion legislation because we still um, operate under the 1861 Act, which is older than the light bulb and women's right to vote. Yeah. Now, talking of Northern Ireland existing in a grey area, I wondered if we could slightly go off topic and talk what your guys' official line is on. And by that, I mean the NUS official line on Brexit is. So, yes, we do. It, it takes up most of my time. As I, I bet. About abortion rights and marriage equality. So we're very much anti-Brexit. We have independent policy from USI, the Union Students in Ireland, and NUS UK. So NUS USI are staunchly 100% firmly anti-Brexit. Brexit is bad in all senses for all students in the Brexit studying here. The amount of money that we stand to lose from the European Social Fund, which creates apprenticeship places, the loss of access to research for teaching and learning, the network of academics, academic and student and apprentice mobility, particularly in the border areas, the potential impact on businesses and families and communities who live there, and obviously the big elephant in the room with the border and the threat it actually poses to the peace process in Northern Ireland, which cannot be taken for granted. We are very much anti-Brexit in all forms. NUSUK is supporting the people's vote and having a final say on the deal. And we support that as a mechanism by which to try and stop Brexit. Looking at how British politicians talk about Ireland, I feel like we've gone back. It just staggers me. Yeah, and it's important to remember as well that Northern Ireland didn't actually vote for Brexit. No. Um, It's not something that anyone here wanted. And if you look at the majority of our political parties, different community groups, even even the business sector are very much all involved in the rally for Remain yeah. movement and still still having protests, still doing work together and, and trying to find a way out of this. But we don't have the political representation that we need during this process as well. We don't have any guidance coming from Stormont because there is no assembly. And it kind of feels to me like we're kind of trundling along towards the edge of a cliff. Yeah, if it makes you feel any better, it does feel like that in the rest of the UK, uh, to be honest, need to scream into a pillow every so often. I'll go back to marriage equality. If there are people in the UK, and I'm sure there are loads of them, who would like to support marriage equality, is there something practical they can do to help you? Because we're looking to Westminster at the moment, people in the rest of the UK have better access to MPs than people in Northern Ireland do to try and get this change. So rights to your MP contact Conor McGuinn and Lord Hayward with support and tell them to get involved and support what he is doing. But write to your own MP, write to Penny Mordant, who is also responsible and the one to direct any uh, abortion-related emails and letters to people are interested. And also, one of the things that would be quite helpful for Love Equality is any sort of donations that people would give. The link for that is marriageequalityni.causebox.com. And any donations are much appreciated. We'll have protests and demonstrations generally once a year we do a lot of lobbying we try to raise the profile but you can also go onto the love equality website and even just download 
wee posters and leaflets that we have and just spread an awareness because I think particularly with repeal in the south there's such a lack of understanding across the water of Northern Ireland and our legal jurisdiction yeah. situation because everyone gets treats us very ideologically we're either the UK or we are Ireland but legally we're in a situation of being Northern Ireland and Northern Ireland does not have access to reproductive justice or marriage equality unlike either of the other two options so I think a lot of people based on that ideological stance overlook that fact and think for example that repeal means that we have had change for our abortion access here we haven't think that the winning of marriage equality in the south I think it was was it eight years ago now? Yeah. Means that we have marriage equality or that because they have marriage equality in England that we have it here and we don't we don't have either of those things. So raising awareness and at any opportunity that you have platforming actual people from Northern Ireland to speak on this issue rather than someone who just has decided that they've become an expert <laughs> in our <laughs> political context. Um so it's solidarity, not saviorism. Can I ask before you go, Olivia, you're currently looking for students in Northern Ireland to help out with a consent survey. Yes, we're running our No More Consent survey at the moment and we're looking for any students over the age of 16 studying in any further or higher education institution in Northern Ireland to fill it out. Um, The more responses we get for this, the better you can find it on our social media, on our Twitter, on our Facebook at NUSUSI. And we're hoping to be able to use the research and the data from this to make some real changes here in terms of lobbying for relationship sex education reform. Our sex education in Northern Ireland is very inconsistent, very much tied into religion, quite often carried out by organisations with uh, agendas and things such as not wanting people to learn about practicing safe sex yeah. because only abstinence is supposed to be taught, abortion is a sin, etc. Um, uh. And also there is absolutely no diversity. So for um, young LGBT plus students growing up here, that can be an extremely traumatic process to go through to not even be acknowledged. Yeah. We would like to see reforms such as they've had in Scotland. But also as well as this, obviously there's been some prolific media attention in Northern Ireland, in particular um, high profile cases to do with sexual assault. So we're hoping to look at raising a sort of awareness of the issue, looking at the prevalence um, in students and young people in particular, and using this to raise the profile and platform for organisations like Women's Aid and Nexus NI, try and increase funding for those organisations, as well as dedicated specialised student support services within institutions, because an institution might have a counselling service But unless that person is specialising in dealing with victims of sexual assault, it can be very traumatising to have to tell someone something's happened to you and then be referred on to tell someone else and have to tell someone else over again. So actual dedicated specialised services, as well as ingraining consent as a topic in our curriculum from all ages, because we think if we just have this conversation with university students, we're really missing a trick in reforming our relationship sex education actually teaching this consistently through everyone's life. Olivia, you sound like you are exceptionally busy, so I am really grateful that you found some time to talk to us. Thanks so much. Thank you very, very much for having me. Standard Issue for All Women.